United States submarine base at Key West, Florida. The dispatch that quoted President Truman's press secretary, Charles Cross, as saying that President Truman has no knowledge of any secret project by this government that would give substance to the existence of such objects. Cross also said that both the Air Force and the Navy deny that such objects exist. Got it. Um, hey, what's Hi. up? Um, my name's Noelle, and I don't know if you can see this right here. Do you see my little Nikki list? Yeah, I, was, I had been admiring that. Thank you. So, um, Alora, our crystal girl, <laughs> told us about the Super 7 or Sacred 7, whatever it was, like that special thing. So, I got you... Bracelet. Your ring is fucking slapping too. Oh, yeah, I like I'll, I'll do a tour. I'll do a tour, even though everyone, no one else can see besides you. Um, so I got you bracelets of it, and then I got myself just a like a stone. And when it came in, it was prettier than I expected. So I wanted to wear it as a necklace. Yeah, it's and, gorgeous. Uh, I went to a local girl, and she wrapped it for me. So that's what oh, this is. I still need to get mine wrapped that you gave me. There's nothing where I live. Well, I there's multiple where I live. It was like ten bucks. Um, this ring, this is actually my greatest. This is this is from Dancing Crane Imports for the locals of Salt Lake City. Um, it's a gorgeous giant uh, silver like Western style ring with a giant stone in the middle. The stone is citrine. This was ten dollars. That's adorable. Can't beat that price. I got one for my mom. When I see her, because she's going to be, this is the one I got her. Um, it's purple. I don't know what I want to hang out with is. your mom when she comes down here, by the way. You should. Um, and I, I got one for my partner. Um, and his is very cute as well. But yeah, this is like, uh, and it's adjustable. Love it. Uh, did have to paint it with a clear nail polish, though, because it was turning my fingy green. <laughs> that happens, yeah. But um, and then also underneath my shirt, you can't see it, but I'll show it. Chest hair. Um, besides my massive chest hair, this is a birthday present that uh, Ty got me. It's from a designer online called Wild Witch Forge or Wild Witch Forge, which something like that. Anyway, Mm -hmm. found out that she's from Utah, and it's a broomstick, a broomstick made out of black torlamite with a moonstone in the middle and she's like it's for magic so man he nailed your birthday your partner did i know i heard it caused Um, issues between you and yours it did um (laughs) even even as recently as yesterday because (laughs) trixie mattel has like a new bomber jacket out Mm -hmm. and i told my partner i'm like just fucking open your phone man and just keep a list of shit that i talk about that's Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. keep a list yeah. I don't know if he's done it, but I, I laid on the bomber jacket pretty thick. And then he sends me a text the next day. And he's like, what size of that bomber jacket do you want? Oh. And I said, no, you have to figure it out. You have to do what I do. You have to go into my closet. You have to look at all my clothes. You have to like pick up a shoe. You have to look inside the shoe, see what somebody's shoe size is like. You have to put in work, man. I can't yeah. hold people's hands for it. And I think I'm just projecting the fact that like my family did this much. For my birthday, which some of you may not see what I'm doing here. A whopping a zero. zero things. It's an empty zero. Um, so I just fucking sat home on my birthday. And I know my sister listens to this podcast. Becca, it's called yeah. weaponized incompetence. 
you have weaponized your incompetence against me. And now like it has caused me to be such a fucking princess about presence. I'm like, if you could put and just a fucking microbe of effort that I'm not doing for you. Yeah. And poor Oliver is taking the brunt of all of it. I mean, yeah, I don't blame him. Um, as, as he should though. Uh, Love that for you. Also, that's Chelsea, and she's clearly upset. I'm Chelsea, upset as usual. I I'm do, Queen of Krampus. Um, peace and love. I feel like I get you more gifts than your partner does. You, I get, yeah. <laughs> I get you more gifts than he does, and my family does on my birthday combined. Um, yeah. yeah. Which I think maybe just that's our like. I want to say, I don't want to say like love language in like a romantic way, but it's like our love language. No, it's for sure my love language. I like, which as people probably know from past episodes, like I had an ex who like weaponized that against me and it like took me so long to like get over that and be well with it because my favorite thing to do for people is like get them little things that remind me of them. Um, which like has become such a problem with the crystal girls because most crystals are pretty affordable. So like, mm-hmm. I'll just be in a place and be like, Ooh, for, for you and for you and for you. But they have um, like meaning behind them too. Yeah. That's why they're like such great gifts. Yeah, absolutely. I, that's why I think they're great gifts too. Like I'm going to be meeting my partner's mom mm-hmm. soon. And I was like thinking of making, and I was like, is this too much? I was like going to give her like a little essential oil thing that I use and then like some crystals. Oh, do it for sure. I want to go to the crystal store with you soon. Um, There's like just three the around my house. So just let me know. Um, but yeah, excited to give you your super seven bracelets tomorrow. I actually got you a present while I was at the thrift store. It wow. was like some weird Soviet shirt with like the art, the sickle on it oh that's amazing it's an extra large so you wear it as a dress i don't <gasps> know if you like it it's literally just that like embroidered on but i was like gotta get it yeah i appreciate that i appreciate yeah. that so much so gift giving you know what else gives gifts what fucking weirdos i tried Actually, to say uh, no here's an even better segue before we get in this you know get who gives it. great gifts our merch site we oh, dropped <laughs> we dropped uh technically three now, but I would say two absolute bangers. We have the finally much anticipated and awaited and talked about a cult member t-shirt designed off of none other than the Harvard sweater that Princess Diana infamously has worn. And uh the details in that are fucking incredible. So shout out Chelsea taking my rudimentary sketches and being like, we got to make it happen. I'll also say shout out to Noelle, who I think I sent through like 60 different font options. That font was hard to find and it's just basic font. I know. It took me eight seconds to get the like crazy, like biblically accurate angel font. We were working on the Diana font for like two hours fucking hard like staring at fonts for so long it got ridiculous but so that one and then of course the be not afraid biblical angel in the black metal writing an absolute banger um it 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 sucks when i like purchased our own merch like all of it um i got a cropped the cropped hoodie of the biblical angel and i got so and 
got to do a cropped hoodie and then did the um, XL pullover in black of the uh, school spirit cult member. Oh, um, so even though I feel like I should have had mine said, say cult leader, but like, pff, whatever, you know, like, uh, it's fine. The font we can, was like, so hard fix to it in post. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then Chelsea just put up for the season, some Krampus um, shirts, long sleeves and, joggers so you could have a matching set of a long sleeve and joggers and pajamas um, that's what it is literally pajamas topsies bodies um and as always everything is priced as low as it can go that meaning like literally we make 16 cents off of each sale because most of it goes into production and distribution Mm -hmm. and all the money that we get back in profit is just donated um, and because so many of you just within the first like day have um, purchased merch, we actually have for like the first time in our Teespring like money there. Like there is. Yeah, it also crashed sense. our store and some of our stuff I had to like go in and fix, which Love is that. weird. I didn't personally expect that. But when people today were like, hey, some of your stuff says like sold out. I was like, that's impossible. Stuff doesn't sell out there. And I had to go in and like re-upload it and like re-approve all the designs. Wow. You love to see it. But yeah, there was was discourse in the Discord channel about some designs that people were looking at yesterday not being there today. And they were like, what's the deal? I wanted to buy this color. Um, But yeah, apparently we crashed sites. I love that. Also, I finally sat down and made us a link tree, um, which... So the link tree is in all of our bios. It's now um, on a button on Facebook. It's in the bio of Instagram and Twitter. And it will direct you to our merch site, um, the Discord page, the Facebook group, Kelly's stickers, um, and all of our socials. Mm -hmm. So big, big excite about that. Um, I don't know why I didn't do it sooner. I'm a fucking idiot, honestly. That's why. But check that out yes please um and we're probably gonna donate we don't know what charity we're gonna donate to um noel's mentioned uh the church of satan um the satanist the satanic temple yeah please get come correct if you're gonna come for me man i don't know or i looked up one and it was just like a reproductive rights thing and that's like the whole kit and caboodle down and fighting in texas also um basically like like parenthood but with more money I think the Satanic Temple has a um, the Satanic Reproductive Freedom Fundraiser. Yeah. So honestly, like it's gonna go to a good cause either way. Um, if you're not pro choice, I don't know what you're doing here. But yeah. Fuck you. Also, um, shout outs to um, so I don't know if anyone knows Hassan Piker is. Uh, the love of my life. And uh, he does a podcast now with H3, with Ethan from H3H3, and it's called Leftovers. And it's kind of like a, po- a funny, lighthearted political commentary. And on this most recent episode, um, he referred to people as anti-choice rather than like pro-lifers, you know, rather than saying pro-life. He was referring to them as anti-choice which I love. I love that because like the connotation of pro-life even just sounds positive. Even if you know that like what it actually means and what Mm -hmm. like that details and entails in itself, there's something like be saying pro 
and then comma like life that's all you know what i mean like Ma'am. positive yeah. things but Sorry, when you say anti-choice that's basically like throwing it back into the people you know who are like uh making the same arguments you know what i mean I, like yeah i would agree 100 percent people who are like i don't want the vaccine because it's my choice well you doing this is anti-choice so i love Mm -hmm. that i think everyone should adopt he's probably not the first person to say it but he's the first person i've heard it from and i love it and i think we should all adopt that vernacular yeah i agree smart smart um speaking of nothing to do with anything let's talk about this I'm so fucking excited. This is one of those things where it's like been on the back of my mind, <laughs> but I just wanted to do it justice. So like, unless we could have at least five pages, I was like, not doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, I hope it's good because it's like one of those things where it's like very near and dear to me. I, I'm excited for you to drive this episode. We'll see. I have voice we'll is tired and I am weak. <laughs> <laughs> voice is dark and full of terrors. <laughs> okay. We're going to go on a little journey through time here. Mm-hmm. So in New Jersey, on mm-hmm. October 16th, 1966, two boys were walking together when they saw a very strange man standing near a fence. Um, they described him as like way too tall, just weirdly tall. And <laughs> he was staring at the kids with like a very off-putting grin, like almost Joker-like, but like the grin extended like up to his eyes not necessarily yeah. like out like a normal person's grin would like how a child draws a grin mm-hmm. um and the boys named martin munock and james yan chitis ran home and told their mothers about the encounter and for some time their meeting with this like weird tall smiling man was just dismissed as the imaginative nature of young boys who are simply trying to find ways to entertain themselves mm-hmm. um then let's flash forward to November 2nd. I also want you to know that the average height of an adult man in 1966 was between 5'7 and 5'8 and a half. So, um, you know, like maybe this guy was just an average tall man. Like now. 5'10. Yeah, he's just literally 5'10. <laughs> yeah, that was it. <clears throat> um, then on November 2nd, 1966, a salesman named Woodrow Derringerger uh, was driving Tough. home. Derringer? Derringer? Derringer. <laughs> Tough name all around. Woodrow, it's a mouthful, um, was driving home to Virginia after an extended trip in Ohio. And during his drive, a car drove up very quickly behind Woodrow's truck and tailgated him for a short while before like overtaking him and passing him really quick pulling into his lane right in front of Woodrow and then immediately stopping. Um, Not expecting this maneuver at all, Woodrow nearly flipped his truck off of the road and had to slam on his own brakes to avoid the collision. So after collecting himself, like Woodrow checked, you know, no broken bones, nothing like that. And he looked up and the door to the car that had cut him off or the door to the vehicle that had cut him off was open. Um, And out from that vehicle stepped a very initially normal looking guy on first glance. Um, Woodrow described him as being dressed in a long, dark coat and had his hair slicked back. And the guy stared at Woodrow for a moment before he started to approach Woodrow's truck. And the closer that he got, the more the vehicle behind him started to kind of rise off of the ground. So by the time this guy got to Woodrow's driver's side window, the vehicle, which Woodrow described as like a kerosene lamp, 
with like fire shooting out of both ends, um, was hovering at 40 feet above the road. And Hmm. locking eyes with Woodrow, the man introduced himself telepathically, saying that his name was Cold. Cold? Yeah. Um, C-O-L-D? Cold. Yes. Um, Indrid Cold. And Indrid proceeded to have a very strange conversation with Woodrow about the area. And oh, what was strange about it? The fact that it was happening through their yeah, minds? Yeah, just weird. <laughs> um, and a paranormal investigator named Susan Shepard transcribed like a little bit of their conversation. Um, I forgot to warn you. Do you want to do a dramatic reenactment of this? Oh, absolutely. You um, could be um, weirdo tall guy Indrid, or you can be a Woodrow West Virginian simpleton. I thought he was from New Jersey. No, no, no. The little boys were from New Jersey. Oh my God. Boys. The November sighting was a grown ass man named. I don't know what West Virginia sounds like. It probably just sounds like the same as our English accents, to be honest. Okay. (laughs) Do you want me to do West Virginia? You can be the creepy guy. I might just do my, I'll, we'll see what happens. Honestly, I'll let it come. I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'll be injured. This is new. Like, what do you call that over there? (laughs) That was horrible. Thanks. Why, that's Pox. <laughs> I, I don't know why that went like English. Why, that's a Pox burger. We call that a city. <laughs> what is that? I don't know. You sound like one of those guys. He's like, ah, see, here, see. Like, that's good then. Yeah. That's what he. I like. A oh, no, this was the 60s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Let me. Okay. Let me go like more hippie. Okay. Keep in mind, this was like a guy from West Virginia, so he's definitely not a hippie. Yeah, West Virginia. I come from a place less powerful than yours. Are oh my God, he's a juggalo. He's yeah. a juggalo <laughs> gathering. I dig through the ditches. And do people live there or do they work there? Why, yes, people live. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds like not what I wanted it to. Um, what, why yes people live and work there is that, is that more bible thumper? I don't know. do you work mr derringer i am a salesman oh that's a perfect voice i am a salesman that's what i do do you have a job yeah why would he ask that who asked that because in west virginia you gotta pull yourself up by your bootstraps all you are is your the career you have um yes <laughs> Massager, why are you so frightened? Do not be afraid. We mean you no harm. You will see that we eat and bleed the same as you do. We only wish you happiness. Uh-huh. And then after noticing how terrible or how terrified Budra was by this like weird ass interaction, um, Indrid ended the conversation. Puffin, Indrid ended the conversation by saying, it's been nice to talk to you, Mr. Woodrow. You know, it was tough for me in the beginning. I didn't know where I wanted to land with this accent, but I'm glad that I got there eventually. See, I ended up just descending into Mark Hamill's The Joker, and now my throat hurts. Bitch, you thought that was The Joker? You sounded like fucking Gollum. What? I did not sound like Gollum. I sounded (laughs) like Dollar General, Dollar Store Joker, which was not not good. Well, no, it you sounded terrible to me, all right? Giving yourself, yeah. saying that you're Mark Hamill's Joker is the most I offensive said, thing Mark I did Hamill not you've say, ever done. I descended into a store brand 
shitty version of you descended into Gollum. <laughs> and you remember like my Gollum impression a few weeks ago? Like that was so fucking spot on. I'm scared to try to do it again because I don't, don't do it again. You'll I'm lose your voice. To. Um, do you see me itching my throat? Like mm-hmm. that fucked me up. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and around the same time as like Woodrow's experience, a little girl in Point uh, Pleasant named Linda Lily was complaining to her parents about diamond-shaped lights keeping her up at night. And the weird thing here is that her parents were like, okay, Linda, just chill. It's a poltergeist and carried on business as usual. Mm, I love the which, honesty. Yeah. There's like, fuck you. Yeah. We're haunted. Deal with it. Um, and this had been going on for a while, but one night they came to realize that Linda was being haunted by something much more nefarious than a poltergeist or her own imagination. Um, because Linda at one night woke up the entire fucking household because there was a tall grinning man standing over her bed. And she screamed for her parents who ultimately like, and quickly came to her aid and the man was scared off. So they saw him too. Yeah. So normally these sorts of interactions would be dismissed. I mean, there's millions of sightings, like alleged sightings. Yeah. Of weird it's just shit like in the middle Slender of nowhere. Man. He's Slender man yeah. of the sixties. Right. Um, and other people were in the area that time as well. And no one confirmed the mysterious sightings of injured cold or his vessel. So like when Woodrow was having his entire interaction with injured cold, other people were in the area and they were driving by and they saw Woodrow basically just having a conversation with himself. Oh, you hate to see it. <laughs> so the day after his own experience, Woodrow attempted to go back to his regular regime of, you know, the rise and grind. But the next day, he was completely sidetracked by the news reporting of UFO sightings in that area. And somebody managed to get a hold of him. And they got his information. They heard that he had kind of had a weird encounter during the time of this, like the height of these UFO sightings. So they requested that he take part of an interview with an NBC affiliate affiliate in Parksburg or Parkersburg, which is what the city that injured cold was asking about. And he was, in fact, interviewed and then subsequently interrogated by police who also came to the interview. And he went through the whole gambit. Like, he drew a picture of what Injured Cold looked like. He worked with, like, a sketch artist. He even drew, like, a picture of what the spacecraft looked like. Um, But the only real conclusion that anybody could make of any of this was that Woodrow was so terrified and his terror was so palpable that it was rubbing off on people around him. Like, People would hear his story and like the authenticity of how he told it. And it was fucking scaring people. You want to know what he should have done? He should have said that the alien smiling man was like Russian. Like if, Mm. if you want something to be truly investigated, you're like, you either say it was the Russians or the Chinese. Like, that's it. Like you say, I think it was China. Actually, the man was, um, he was like, even now not even in this even yes in the 60s but even now like you could have been like i think it was a drone from russia that he came down in. like you 100%. would it, everyone would have taken it seriously yeah. or illuminati like like we're getting a little bit of satanic panic back we are be like it was a devil worshiper and they were drinking baby blood and yes. they had the face the face of hillary clinton and like all of a sudden mm. the cia is like backing you it's and, like a chimera yeah. it's like the democrat chimera like the yeah, face literally. of hillary clinton but like the head of dead babies 
Like dead <laughs> blood is like their hair. Yeah, like literally, if you say that, like all of a sudden you're you've got a full SWAT detail protecting you at all times. Yeah, hundred percent. He just Everyone, didn't play the game right. Yes, yeah, so that's it. Like all these people, like whenever you hear about people who talk about their like alien experiences, um, they always get like fucked, right? Like it's the running mm-hmm. joke that people are like they're doing it for attention, but the attention is always negative. They don't really get paid for their stories, and then they like their wife leaves them and they lose their job. Like no one's ever having fun yeah. after they come out about like an alien story, so that kind of like falls apart in itself. And it's like all they had to do is play the game right and just say mm-hmm. that it was the Russian. Well, and that like that's like essentially what happened to Woodrow's life after this interaction, um, which is it fell apart. He started to change jobs all the time. Um, he tried to reinvigorate his faith by going to church. He started having marital problems, and he was always harassed by visits of strange men in black suits. Yeah. And although their questions were always really general, like their threatening behavior intimidated Woodrow immensely. And I'm sure like ominous people stalking you would like just fucking ruin your day. But imagine it ruining your day for like the rest of your life. Yeah. And what makes um, Woodrow's specific encounter very fucking interesting and really worth talking about is that just 10 days later, the infamous Mothman of West Virginia would pop up preceding the famed Silver Bridge collapse. And for those of you who want to learn more about the Mothman reports of Point Pleasant, West Virginia, we really recommend you read John Kill's The Mothman Prophecies. Oh, and I wrote a note for myself here. Um, John Kill is also the guy who coined the term men in black about the people who come to visit you after you've had experiences of the Mm -hmm. paranormal, the people who come to visit you and like, whether it's interrogate you or make sure you're not spreading the story anymore, whatever it may be. Intimidation. It's like always intimidation, right? Yeah. But like, like, no one knows. It'd be a shame if anything happened to you if you talked about this too much. But haven't you heard, like, both sides of the men in black that, like, there's some of them who are, like, intimidation, and then there's, like, some of them who are, like, like, I guess the whole thing is, are they with or against? Like, Mm -hmm. there's a conversation with the men in black being a government entity, and there's a conversation about the men in black being, like, an alien entity. Like, aliens cosplaying a government entity. Exactly. To, like, find out what we know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I like to... I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say the men in black are human, whether or not they align or work for our government or not. Jury's out. Oh, look at you taking a very centrist stance on that. Yeah, the non they're non-human government workers. <laughs> I like to play it safe. Yeah, a little bit of both. I'm, I'm never <laughs> yeah. not wrong. <laughs> never not. Um, but during his investigation, oh, and by the way, have you ever read the Mothman prophecies? Um, no, because it reads, it reads like, behold a pale horse. It's just gobbledygook. You were scared by it. This book got me and I'm like very rarely gotten. And I I don't want to say it was like got, got in the sense of like, oh, it got me. I was so surprised. I was so genuinely scared that I didn't finish it. Um, and I was so afraid of like, just the idea. When did you read it? High high school or junior oh, high. Okay, it's been a minute. Sense. I'm willing to like dive into again. It, again, I just got the eighth tower. 
um, mm-hmm. is a gift. Um, shout out to Oliver. I think Oliver got me that one. That was actually a really good one. Sorry that you're taking all of the taking the, the brunt of like other people. Yeah. Um, bless you. Appreciate you. Um, it was fucking scary, dude. And I think it was just like the nature of my belief and the mm-hmm. way that John Kill wrote it. I was like, mm-hmm. I too am experiencing this. Um, yeah, I feel like your um the fact that your uh ocd makes you think that they're like sky people and then you're also christian this is probably a rough read for you especially because like part of like my ocd is definitely like the rumination on a thought so i will Mm -hmm. just obsess over something yeah and just the obsession of it i would read um like a chapter of the mothman prophecies and then i would read something else after like twilight like something just very Mm palate cleansing like is easy so to consume funny to me because i read uh, i tried to read the mothman prophecy prophecies as a adult and it was rough to me and it was just like incoherent ramblings it just was like half of it was interviews half of it seemed like it was him just describing his own paranoia mm-hmm. uh, and i was just like it to me it read like I know for a fact that he 100% believed everything that he was writing. But mm-hmm. to me, I was like, is it mental illness in it? Like, you yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it got really, it, to me, the Very only thing scary was like the undiagnosed mental yeah. illness throughout that entire book. Um, I would be willing to retry it as an adult, but I think I'd have to wait until summertime, man. I have to be outside in the sunshine. Um, too dark and dreary for you. Well, kind of like I just get too consumed by some of this stuff like I like to dive into things but I would say the only thing like mentally that consumes me more than like what the fuck is going on with Antarctica is like the fucking mothman yeah that's fair also I want you to know that you didn't reply to my very funny comment when you shared a picture of Antarctica on your Instagram story and I said why is this picture taken on a Kia Sorento's backup camera? Do you want to know why? I literally just opened up my Instagram. That's how hard I was working at work today. It I was the grainiest, blurriest, like dad taking a picture of a picture on a screen. Do you want to know why? Because I could see my uncle's fucking front yard down to the pebble. And then I go to Antarctica and they have this like giant pixelated bullshit. And they're trying to be like, this is actual satellite imagery fuck you google earth where's bing earth bing earth will help me bing, bing earth, earth will cannot, show the story bing there's earth no such thing makes they don't $2 have dollars a year they don't have the financials to actually no. launch anything in this space. no bing needs to get into crypto and nfts and then they'll start thinking about bing yeah. earth bing hit me up your biggest supporter perhaps your only supporter <laughs> anyway, oh, during shit. his investigation into the mothman and before the bridge collapsed John Kill received numerous phone calls from a very mysterious man who identified himself as Indrid Cold. Um, and- do we also want to say that it would be like, how could I say this? If I knew the crazy alien guy down the street, I would be prank calling him every day. I would just be like, I would just be like, it, it would be as your refrigerator running, but is the UFO landed on your roof? I would call and be like, hello, can you hear me? they're coming for me like you know what i mean or be like hey i live down the street from you and uh uh, did you happen to park something on your roof because there's a lot of bright light and you know i would just fuck with them every day i would just literally fuck with them every day are the eclipse 
that blackens out happiness. I think I'm making a lot of happiness for myself. So <laughs> is an eclipse not happy with its own blacking out of crops? Sure. Are the locusts not happy with their own plague, Noel? Ah, oh, that's a great point. That's a great so, point. You're the like wormtail comet. That's what you are. <laughs> just a sign of disaster. Just coming in and out of people's lives and bringing nothing but pain and turmoil. <laughs> but I'm having a good fucking <laughs> but, time. And you know what? Everybody loves a comet. They're, yeah, and they to look some great. people, to some people, I am their favorite thing. It's like it's like that giant asteroid that that was, you know inches or whatever away from it wasn't inches it was way more but it got pretty close to hitting us and nasa didn't pick up on it because it was coming from the direction of the sun and obviously you can't look at the sun and fucking see anything um to some people hell to some people heaven you know what i mean heaven's gate man they tied (laughs) what was the fucking um hail bop (laughs) I always say Oombop. <laughs> <laughs> the Hanson, the Hanson cult. That is my personal death. My cult. God, they're they're coming back. <laughs> oh my Just like God. the KKK. Seriously, emboldened again. <laughs> oh oh man, that's a shirt idea. The Oombop comment for the Hanson cult. <laughs> um, like the away team. Yeah, Heaven's Gate away team captains, Hanson Hanson brother. Oh my god. How can we I know this is off topic, but also on topic. How do we get a picture of Heaven's Gate like in the in the Nikes, like on the bed? Something but then like pull the pull the sheets back so you can see a face, but it's the face of the Hanson brother. Heaven's Gate <laughs> crime scene photos. That's easy. You want to know what I want to do. Remember how it was like, it's never a mannequin. I yeah. tell me if you be my moral compass here, which we might Bad. go downhill really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, tell me Satan, uh-huh. do you think it's a good idea if I take a picture of Elizabeth short? The I knew you were going to say this. I guess put, it's yes. never a mannequin over her, like bl- or over her fucking body. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Hear me out. Hear me out. Ooh, this is so good. You ready? You ready yeah. for this? Yeah. Because a lot of people might not like it. I love it. But here we go. This is a meeting halfway. Get a picture of a mannequin body. Put Elizabeth Short's head on it. Okay. Mannequin body. That might be easier. Head. That might be less X-rated than like a woman. Or like or a Barbie doll. A Barbie doll body might not read well because it's tiny. But like. Now we want a thick body. The thick body yeah. of like yeah. a torrid mannequin. Yeah, yeah. And then like make sure you're actually finding her um real crime scene photos because I don't know if you know this. Here's a little fact for everyone. This is my uh fact from the Museum of Death that I will give you all. Um they had a picture, they had two pictures of uh, Elizabeth Short. They had the actual crime scene photo and then the photo that was released um to the public and like published and talked about and whatever. Very drastically different things. They, like, essentially photoshopped of the time her crime scene photo to make it more palpable for people to see. So, and this kind of backfired because a lot of people, specifically the person who wrote this article at the Museum of Death, (laughs) think Mm -hmm. that that editing and downplaying of the true sadistic brutality done to her body made people not take it as seriously because 
Elizabeth Short's body was like, besides the, you know, the Dahlia smile and chopped in half surgically, like there were the marks of a sadist who hates women, like, Mm -hmm. you know, the breast area, the stomach, the, you know, vaginal area, like shredded and cut and ripped off. Like it was all very, like, it was very sadistic. Um, This is someone who does not like women doing this. And um, all of that was covered up um, on the photos that were released to the public. So mm-hmm. people just looked at it and were like, that's a weird way to kill somebody. But they, and it was just a weird murder yeah, versus there's- like, there is a, like a women, uh, like, oh, targeting women killer. Like, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So anyway, make sure you get the real photo. <laughs> Okay, girl. You know I got you, girl. Thank okay. you. Anyway, my God, that was a detour. <laughs> important though. Important. Very important. So when Indrid Cold uh, would call John Keel and give him very cryptid warnings, specifically telling him that he wanted him to stay away from Point Pleasant or quote something bad would happen. And for those of you who don't know what happened, there's got to be zero people who exist, but we'll cover it. Um. For those of you who don't know what happened with Silver Bridge and Point Pleasant specifically, we'll just fill you in real quick. Um, so Silver Bridge is what we call an Ibar bridge, mm-hmm. according to Wikipedia. <laughs> uh, I don't know what it is, but it has been the popular choice of architects for like about 100 years since its invention. Um, examples of these sorts of bridges are the Clifton Suspension Bridge and the Three Sisters Bridges in Germany, which are like a very similar design. And we aren't going to go into the architecture of silver bridge because oh, I'm hashtag stupid. Um, but the point is, is that this was like a very established bridge style. It wasn't, it kind of new. looks like the golden gate a little yeah. bit. It's got and, like those two points. Yeah. And then like the dip, it like dips in the middle. Imagine like golden gate bridge. Yeah. And that's basically yeah. it. I tried to Google what the difference was because Golden Gate is technically a suspension bridge, but they look the exact same. But well, apparently, so is the Clifton Bridge. The Clifton Bridge is a yeah, Clifton suspension, suspension bridge. bridge. Well. So anyway, just think it, it looks. Just think of the, the Golden fucking Gate. Golden Gate Bridge and bridges like that. Like you see them everywhere. It's tried and true. It's so that's our point here. Is that they weren't doing anything fucking fancy. They were doing like the standard mm-hmm. bridge build. Um, yeah. Nothing weird with it. So on December fifteenth, my dad's birthday. Um. In 1967, not my dad's birth year, uh, the Silver Bridge experienced a catastrophic failure and collapsed in the middle of rush hour traffic, resulting in the deaths of 46 people, two of which have just never been found, um, MIA. So, but starting on November 5th, up until the bridge collapsed, a humanoid creature described as the Mothman appeared so prevalently in West Virginia that it made national news. And there's been some theories about what the Mothman could be, including like an angel of death or an alien, but we're not really here to talk about the details of the one of the few cryptids that legitimately scares me. Um, But we want to talk about injured cold and his affiliation with the inexplicable. So unlike the Mothman injured cold made more appearances and specifically when it came to visiting our good friend Woodrow. Because at one point, Woodrow, like, fucking vanished off the face of the earth for about six months with literally zero trace of evidence. Like, just gone one day. Like, he had a job. He had a home. He had a family. Straight up into the ether. His clothes were home. His truck was there. Like, 
oh, I guess this is the 60s, not the 20s. Because I'm yeah. like, uh, back in the day, you could just go a town over and Yeah, back oh, when our parents yeah. were alive. Yeah, like you could just <laughs> literally drive down to a different town and you're a new guy. Yeah, but he had like ties in the area, you know? It was like one of those things where it's like they wouldn't just get up and walk away. Mm-hmm. Until he did move, but he did hold her a little bit of that later. Um, but he was gone for six months and he did just like pop the fuck back up with like a very strange story to tell. And I do love this. Um, he told everyone that he had been taken by injured cold back to his home planet of Lanulos, where Ooh. Woodrow was impregnated and walked <gasps> around naked all the time. Oh, and although he stated that the population of Lanulos was peaceful and without war, um, Woodrow was obviously like very disturbed by his abduction and he wasn't alone by being disturbed by it. But most people like just turned him into a huge laughing stock, which kind of goes back to what you talked about earlier. Just there is nothing mm-hmm. to gain from being honest about like your weird alien yeah. encounters. Like, yeah. I'll yeah. believe you, man, but like you're, it's like playing a dangerous game. Um, yeah, going around to all of your buddies in West Virginia being like, sorry, I was missing for six months. I was abducted and taken to an alien planet where I walked around pregnant like a Kim Kardashian maternity photo shoot. Yeah. And no one thinks it's cute. Yeah. And there, the weird thing is, is that there were nightly flashes of lights and like UFOs that appeared above Woodrow's farmhouse fucking consistently. Like, People noticed this strange UFO phenomenon that was just manifesting over him, yet they still didn't give him the time of day when it came to like his encounters about actually, you know, corresponding and interacting with UFOs. So he got like literally ran out of town. Um, The only time that he returned was in 1990. He came back to die and that was it. Just so that he could be buried in the Mount Zion Cemetery in West Virginia. Um, very fucking sad. Like he didn't gain anything from this. And it's always so weird to me when you hear these stories of just like a regular fucking dude, man. And their whole life is ruined. And people are like, no, you're crazy. You're crazy. But these people are like normal fucking people. Like they have yeah. literally nothing to gain from yeah. like their interaction or like their story. And people still think like they're selling something. Um, yeah. It's in when you learn about like how these stories are, taken and sold especially back in the day i doubt it's gotten any better but like no one was making they weren't making a profit off of anything they were being exploited to the umph degree so it's not even like oh well they were just selling their story and embellishing it to make more money like they weren't making anything they oftentimes were you know left with fucking pennies in their pocket and their family had left them like this dude wasn't trying to like ruin his life you know what i mean but he also wasn't like a fucking liar and he was gonna tell people like he wasn't gonna lie to like protect his reputation or whatever He was a straight shooter and he told people the truth and then they ran him out of town for it i do think that he um what he was saying he believed we'll say that not only that (laughs) he did uh try to write a book i think he um, did. I wanted to buy it, but it holds visitors, value. Visitors it's, from uh, Lanulos. Lanulos, yeah. Which you want to know the sad thing about it. Code, but It does hold its value. So when I tried to buy it, it was still like 36 dollars. Mm-hmm. But people took his book and then wrote other books that I've heard about. Mm-hmm. And like he basically did the footwork of people now just like making money off of his story. Um, yeah. very sad because like it's more acceptable now you know what I mean like John Kill he does write some weird stuff but he's 
you slap Richard Gere's face on a Mothman movie and suddenly it's not like a conspiracy anymore, you know? Yeah. Like the Richard Gere and Woodrow was like. Yeah. Well, Effie, also like the whole know. thing, um, the Woodrow book, it was published in 71 and it was like it, the reason why it holds its value now or specifically those copies because there were only like a few made only it literally became the rarest ufo contactee book ever and became like a collector's item and something that people were like really trying to get after because there was such a limited amount mm-hmm. um because it was self-published 20- yeah like- but in 2014 it was reissued um because there were only half a dozen copies remaining in like the world's library system. So like across the entire globe, because like UFO enthusiasts were trying to like get their hands on it, like half a dozen copies were only being able to be located and they were trading for thousands of dollars at that point. Um, And so they did a reissue in 2014 and you can now get it. uh, um, I think you can, find it for you know as you were saying like 30 but i think you find a used copy for 17 but yeah, if anyone has get, one like, of those originals woo. if you have the original i don't think i will make I, you a baby i think that if you have the original uh like from the original release i think you're an avid like i think like someone like nick cage would have it you know what i mean like yeah like someone perfect collector Someone perfect yeah. will never love me. <laughs> I don't know if you'd say perfect. I'm not really I would say feeling. Nick Cage is perfect. I'm not really feeling his new marriage. Do you know about Man, this? his marriage? If you look at all of his wives recently, they all like you can tell he has a type for sure. And um, it's women, very it's young. young. <laughs> yeah, um, it's young women. Uh, she is, <sighs> but she, it, whatever. Um, I'm just biding uh, my don't. time till he marries me. Nick Cage um, hit me up. Yeah. But there, in regards to Woodrow, there was an article written about him by um, someone named Nick Redfern. And he said that, quote, a few elements to a story make it believable that initially something of extraordinary nature happened to him. First of all, his account predates the Mothman sightings by 12 days. And Woodrow would have had to have been a prophet to know what was going to happen next, making his story even more extraordinary. And his family believes that something of another, like, otherworldly nature did happen to Woodrow. Um, It just sucks that, like, it ruined his life, you know? Yeah, his daughter came back and wrote the, what is it, epilogue of his book when it was re-released in 2014. But, um, like, I don't think his wife was really loving it, you know? No, just, that, it, like, ruined their marriage as far yeah. as what I could find. Like, it was, it, it was never the same. Yeah, she was not a fan. Um, and this isn't where, like, Indrid Colt's story ends, just because Indrid Colt's baby daddy died. Um, in 2003... In Holden, Massachusetts, a witness filed a UFO, um, like, sighting report. You know, you can, like, report them to, like, official places like the, the CIA or the FBI or even MUFON. Um, and described a vehicle hovering at about 20 feet above the treetops. They said it was regular, like, rectangular shaped with three headlights directly in front of it. And then they also said that it was acting kind of like it was it was scanning or searching for, for something um, just like the way it was 
kind of doing like a back and forth above the trees. Uh-huh. And this went on for a few minutes before this craft eventually shot off into the sky. And they did like the composite sketch. They filled out all this stuff and then it was released. And as soon as this report was released by UFOologists, um, they ufologist, ufologist, ufologist. I don't know why ufologist. I typed it. I'm like Ron Burgundy, man. I read what I type. Ufologist. Ufologist. My fucking bad. Uh, they immediately recognized the craft as a dead ringer for fucking injured Colds vehicle that was described and drawn by Woodrow decades earlier. And What's even more fascinating about all of these encounters is that the witnesses all agree on the appearance and the name of the man who is visiting them and causing massive amounts of trauma in their lives, specifically from the 60s. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't have the internet, you know, or things like that where stuff could just take off like wildfire. These were like completely independent sightings that investigators went through and documented like after and then they started putting together all these different things specifically what happened at point pleasant and they're like jesus all these people are visited by the same fucking guy Mm -hmm. and none of these people know each other um and there are other reports of injured that do pop up here and there um and they're all consistent um 100 consistent and and most of these witnesses even agree on the same general sketch of injured's creepy appearance um specifically like he like his weird grin when he's watching you yeah um but they say that he's very tall that he's always in like a solid colored green or blue one piece suit he has a very weird tan like it's clear he's tan but it's not like a human color it's very uncanny valley orange (laughs) yeah um eyes are set unnaturally apart um, that he has a very shallow nose to the point where some people have even said, like, it doesn't even look like he has a nose at all. Um, communicates telepathically and that his mere presence causes confusion, fatigue and loss of time. Uh, seen near UFO sightings, seen in homes, standing over people as they sleep, travels in the same aircraft, small little eyes that are unblinking. Um, and too large for his face smile, which doesn't move even if he's speaking and no ears. Yeah. It's not, he's not looking good. No. Um, and at this point, these sightings qualify as a phenomenon, which is a fact or situation that is observed to exist or happen, especially when one whose cause or explanation is in question. So Indra cold has appeared enough. Um, I don't want to say it's fact. It's just phenomenon. There is an injured cold fucking phenomenon where this guy shows up and people all get the exact same encounters and explanations. And maybe now during like modern times where we can access stuff on the internet and kind of like perpetuate these stories, it's very different that most of the encounters were documented in the sixties before this existed. And then like everyone's shit lines up. Like it would be easy Mm -hmm. to read about it online and then like, you know, fake it's like the ted bundy sightings you know everybody described the same fucking person and then you're like oh it's ted yeah um so who or what is injured cold exactly so you're gonna fucking every time i find something that has like really good information i know you're just gonna read me for filth at the website name but connell blog that would be con l blog oh like a blog that cons you maybe cons liberals i don't know moth to the flame uh, oh my god, we should make shirts. It's a Mothman going to like a little lantern. How cute. You're merch on the mind, dog. Yeah, I'm fucking merch on the mind. Um, so 
there's a couple of different explanations. The most popular one is the alien theory. And this is this one's more implied by his very description, which is alien in nature and his choice of vehicle. So remember, aliens really can exist in any realm, depending on what you subscribe to as far as extraterrestrials. So it doesn't really matter if you believe that aliens are physical beings from outer space or if they're just like interdimensional beings that can like zip zap in and out of like our visual spectrum, Um, you know, like Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Indrid Cold may be somebody from space or a parallel world with the ability to pierce the veil and travel to our own reality. That's most common one. Then the hoax theory of essentially it's all fake bitch. Oh, and yeah. everyone in the history of man is, <laughs> this is basically like everyone in the history of man is making their injured cold encounters up and we are all going to die alone and pants full of turds. And this <laughs> theory made me so mad and here's why. And we've talked about it already extensively, but like all those encounters with injured cold that we documented earlier with Woodrow and Linda occurred at the same time, same descriptions, and the name of the same mysterious grinning man. Even like um, John Keel experienced it when he was trying to do his investigations about the Mothman. Like he wasn't even in the injured cold, like part of like what he, he was wasn't in the yet. injured cold cinematic universe yet. Not yet. He was just like Mothman bridge collapse let's fucking go and then he started stumbling upon to the injured cold things like during his investigation and you can hear hoax your way out of a lot of things but i just don't think this is like a hoaxable thing and we haven't done an episode about high strangeness yet but basically a lot of the topics that we talk about is high strangeness which is we've all experienced it and the easiest way i can describe it is um kind of like the matrix and it's anything that triggers the caveman lizard part of our brains to be aware that something is peculiar, bizarre, or utterly absurd. Yeah. Um, the best example I think is like our missing 411 episode. And I tried to find it. I have no idea where it is. I thought maybe we should try to like name our episodes something more sensical. Like this is an injured cold episode. But I was like, yeah. that's so dumb. Um, I thought we could, I could just Google it. I tried Googling missing 401 episode, Chelsea and Noel, but I couldn't find it. Anyway, yeah, um, you're never going to be able to. But it's like the same thing. Like, you know, when you watch Star Wars or like any movie where they like de-age an actor and it could be like millions of dollars worth of technology, but you look at it and you're like, that's not a human face. Yeah. Even if it's 100% down to the last fucking pixel of human face, it's Uncanny Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, Uncanny Valley is along the same tier as High Strangeness. And you want to know what fucks me up about Uncanny Valley? I shared it on my Instagram because I stumbled across this thing because I love Uncanny Valley stuff. It was this thought that I had never like really um, considered before, but it was just that, quote, one of the most frightening things I've ever heard is when someone pointed out that the existence of the uncanny valley implies that at some point there was an evolutionary reason to be afraid of something that looked human but wasn't. Oh, yeah, that's a fun. Yeah, that's a fun thought. That one fucked me up. Um, so that's essentially it. Just it's a fucking hoax. Um, I don't like that one. I don't buy that it's a hoax. You can call Android cold whatever you want. But these people met something, something or someone, human or not. I don't think it's a full hoax. Yeah. Which kind of ties into the third theory, which is just a mentally unwell human. Um, I do. I do like this one because um, 
witnesses saying that they saw him like Woodrow just in the middle of the street lollygagging. Uh, that does make me think like, you know, I well, do. Oh, but I will say, I know what you're going to say like, oh, it's an alien, a superhuman being who came in on a fucking spaceship. They could probably make it so that other people can't see them and that they're only seen by the people they want to be seen by. I know. I know. I'm going to flip this on you. Oh, and God, what? May make it more scary. This number three, mentally unwell human, isn't implying that Woodrow was unwell. It's implying that Andrew Cole is a mentally unwell human. Oh, who's love just that fucking one. zip zapping around and like literally terrifying people with his weird mannerisms. Um, he could have like some sort of physical thing going on that makes mm-hmm. him long and weird. Uh, but that one's almost like scarier to me than the alien thing because then that, that means that, like this grown ass mentally ill dude who's fucking weird was just standing in a little girl's bedroom staring at her uh, yeah, fucking haunting this. her for weeks and her parents are like it's a poltergeist but no it was an actual human man. I do like that one. You're right. I do like that one. Speedy, I'm going to go with right? that one. Um my own theory is just maybe like an agent of the men in black. Maybe that's just a theory I'm adding. I think Indrid Cold is an alien or like kind of like Silver Surfer, just a harbinger of doom or like a messenger. Yeah. Um, but I also think that it would make sense if Indrid Cold is sent by the men in black to like document these UFO sightings um, and just has the ability to like sign a deal with Roosevelt or whatever so that he can track shit down. We all believe in that. That's yeah. not even a theory at this point. It's hashtag fact on this ep- this podcast. So yeah, the hashtag, uh, did he go to the dentist or not? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't. Uh, so, Indrid Cold, like seriously, Google him. He pops up a lot, man. I was watching a, cons- a, a The Hellier documentary. Well, yeah, because he's the smiling man. He's well, the smiling that's, man. That's, that's another the, thing, too. That's the cryptid. He's the smiling the, man the um there's another thing where it's like the have you seen this man have you ever seen that the have you seen this man no i mean like it's the grinning man and it looks like injured cold it's very scary but it's essentially like there's a certain population or percentage of people who see like um oh like this is what their sleep paralysis demon looks like yes But it's not anything that remarkable. I'll slack it to you. But I get very injured cold vibes from it. And this isn't like a realistic man. It's just a. um, It's almost like this guy is more believable to me than the Slender Man. Slender Man to me isn't believable at all. all. This guy at least is a little bit believable. Slender Man's um, believable to me in the idea that it's like a tulpa, that we have created it in some regard. Um, I would agree to that since those little girls tried to kill their friend about it. Definitely created a tulpa for sure. Yeah. And I was receptive to tulpas like, oh, sorry, I just sent it to you twice. I was receptive to tulpas Great. just because of Supernatural and they explained like a tulpa. And then I heard um, about Slenderman being a tulpa and it was like already fucking in my mind where it was like one like i just connected two dots because yeah. supernatural is the perfect fucking show um, yeah. my favorite show of all time next to rupaul's drag race and <laughs> but that's like the description of like have you seen it, yeah. this man or have you dreamt of him but it's like a common um it's like a common thing you know like people dream of falling it's like a yeah. very common face to think of so yeah um 
He kind of looks like D.B. Cooper. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe he's also that. Yeah. uh, He's like an amalgamation of like every man that's made you uncomfortable ever. Literally, though. Literally, though. That's exactly it. Um, I do see that. That is strange. Um, Hmm. (laughs) I like to believe that he's just a mentally ill man running around ruining people's days. You're Um, a mentally ill man running around ruining my day. That's the point. I relate to him, so that's how I know it's real. Also, you know, it'd be seeing this man's face makes me think. Um, I don't know if there would be a whole episode about it, or maybe we could just like briefly talk about it. But there's like a phenomenon with um, people doing drugs and seeing the same things, whether that is. Um, when people do DMT and mm-hmm. they all see the same like alien god, and- yeah, like they call it like the god particle or whatever on Netflix. Yeah, like oh, there's a whole entire oh yeah yeah yeah. I know there's a series about it. Question watch. Like- because I'm not as um, diverse in heroin as you are. Yeah, but if you and I were to do DMT, what are the f- physical or life repercussions of that like what if we did dmt and tried to do like past life progression First of and all, record it? i don't know if we could even get our hands on. we can't just we can't just order it on the internet dmt is not like uh it's dmt is not like acid or mushrooms it's not like i could just call up my fucking homie and they could uh get it up i mean should uh, i google how to buy dmt on my work definitely computer? do not definitely do not uh dmt makes you super fucking sick um mm-hmm. like you have to uh like puke i think uh, or like i think maybe i'm getting mixed up with peyote but like maybe like you have like cough a, syrup can't you do a lot of cough syrup maybe i'm thinking i don't maybe. know don't, I honestly don't know. No, I'm actually pretty sure I'm thinking of the right thing. It's just because it's, uh, yeah, it's a hallucinogenic drug. Um, oh, the active gre- ingredient is, it's the active ingredient in ayahuasca. That's what I'm thinking about. Because uh, ayahuasca, you go to like South America, yeah. you have like a guide who does it, who like helps you through it. Because yeah, that you is hard get, to get. You get violently ill. You get violently <laughs> ill first. Yeah. And then after you're done with that is when you start having the trip and it lasts only like 30 minutes. Um, let's just do salvia. But let's not. But Why? like, we do like, this is the thing here's the thing and this is totally like uh uh this is totally uh hypotheticals because i don't take illicit drugs but um i this i feel like the closest you could get to this would be doing like a fuck ton of mushrooms um, yeah i feel like sativa might well i guess no probably not i haven't done sativa either um maybe mushrooms i do think it would be like interesting sativa, like sativa and indica no like the types of salvia strains? what's that salvia. fucking weird thing yeah that, salvia like, is what tobacco. you're talking about salvia um, salvia is scary i wouldn't know but um i i just don't i mean this i is, saw a bunch of my friends on it and it looked hilarious but i never tried it um it's another thing so i hear that's like really quick like it, minutes yeah minutes, minutes. um all I did was I watched my friend try to catch a bunch of footballs coming at his face. And it was so funny <laughs> to me for some reason. Uh, yeah. Um, I, uh, experience I mean, wise, I do want to have a more immersive episode 
it do, it could be even just like drinking a ton of wine and talking about true crime, but it would be cool to do an immersive. Episode. Are you telling me you want me to do drugs and record an episode? I want to do an immersive episode, Noel. It doesn't have to be drugs. We could just read the Bible. That sounds sober. terrible. That uh, sounds like my nightmare. But, uh, okay, she's winking. She's no, winking. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> winking. I'm drinking my water. I you say that, but like, oh, here's the thing. So allegedly, a time when I was on a hallucinogenic drug, and I was ap- and I allegedly was peaking allegedly. Um, in a time where your mouth allegedly doesn't want to move and you're really struggling to just stay on the earth allegedly, I had been tasked to order pizzas for an entire house of people. Allegedly. And this was all alleg- in a dream. <clears throat> allegedly, yeah, this was in a dream. This dream I had, uh, the alleged dream, um, I was handed someone's credit card. And I was at a house I didn't know the address of, and I was on the phone allegedly with the pie pizzeria ordering four pizzas while allegedly peeking. And I went outside and I stared at the street and I was like, you've got to get together. You've got to tell this person uh, the address. You've got to tell this person where to come. And like, as I was allegedly, as I was reading the numbers off of the credit card, they were like floating away. It was such a, such a trip, some might say, if it allegedly had happened. You want to know the... So all I'm saying is I would usually say that's a terrible idea. I I think allegedly if you were on substances, you would be incapable of recording anything. Funny videos are people who do hallucinogenic drugs and it's like, we're going to have a paint night and it's just a bunch of people on the floor holding a paintbrush, unable to do anything. Sounds great. So I think that's more of what you would get. But there is a part of me because of my alleged situation that I was able to handle before that goes, maybe I could pull through because I do sometimes I have the strength of like a fucking Roman army and I could just get myself out. What I'm thinking would be to um, legal substances only. Maybe uh-huh. take like a Tylenol and then go into like a depri- like a sensory deprivation tank. And I just see what happens. I I don't think I would be well. I, I think, think that, that I would also be unwell. I think if we took a Tylenol and then went into a sensory deprivation tank, I would whatever thin veil that keeps me on reality as it is right now would hold up. Great. I actually have a great idea. What we should do. Is take the Lemurian seed crystals that I still haven't mailed out yet, but I will soon. Jesus. Uh-huh. And then take those into the, the deprivation, sensory no. deprivation tank and see no. what, if like just the fucking energy of those. Oh, being sober. No. Yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah, yeah. People say they sober. fucking lose their mind a little bit just being in those tanks as it is. No, no, no. Yeah, totally sober, but with the Lemurian seed crystals for past life regression and mm-hmm. see what it what comes to the surface yeah. like what bubbles up with that i am gonna be so for real with you if we were to take tylenol's winks and try to think about past life stuff i feel like i would lose reality i would never come back i would never be well again we didn't do our past life we did like a very short past life regression with each other yeah. but we need to do like one of the long ones that i did where i actually like I don't know if I saw anything, but like I imagined a bunch of stuff. We yeah. need to do something like yeah. that. We need to revisit some of the past life shit because I feel like we really didn't do yeah. our due diligence with that, especially now that you're friends with like the crystal girls. Mm-hmm. 
we can just lay in a bathtub full of crystals and then yeah. fucking walk out of our bodies. That's the hope, man. That's the hope and the goal. Actually, I'm terrified of that. There, I'm so terrified of that because I feel like if there's a point, if there's a point where I fry my brain out of this existence, it's it's being on a Tylenol and then saying like, now think about your past life regressions. And I'm it's not even being gone. on like Tylenol at this point. I'm just talking about Never. being on fucking water, my dude. Yeah. Well, laying on the water in the sensory uh, deprivation tank. I don't know if I can handle that. You know, actually, you know what? You know those sound bowls that hippies use? Have you seen those? Yeah, like the crystals, like... Yeah, and they make all those crazy noises. You want to go to a drum circle? Is that what you're saying? I don't want to go to a drum circle. But, like, those, they're kind of like when... So people fuck them up and they ruin everything and they they sound like nails on a chalkboard. But when Mm -hmm. people know how to do them right, it's like ASMR to me. Mm -hmm. And when they do them real good, I'll start to like lose my vision. Does that make sense? Like I'll yeah, start yeah, to yeah, just like 100%. zone out, like forces me to zone out. I, you should take a listen. I'll try to find a good one and I'll send it to you. I used Is to have you? like a little one. No, I was like into that stuff. Like my parents would try to calm me down, like whatever means necessary. Like, oh yeah. You're, you're undiagnosed with mental illness. Well, like straight up, if you get like the tinglies or like your vision starts to blur like mine does, like, cause you're just zoning out. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we went to someone who does that, and then we do the we try to do the Lemurian seed crystals. I think that's and then good. sleep deprivation or the sensory deprivation tank. That shit scares me. But if I'm on a if I'm on a yoga mat in broad daylight and someone's just ringing a bell, I'm gonna okay. be okay. If anyone listening knows how we can find that, like if you're locally Utah, let us know. Or if you just know how we can Google like what the name of that would be. I would be so down. Yeah. I feel like we um, need to physically be there. I agree. You know yeah. I mean? it, it has to be like boots on the ground. Yeah. 100%. So can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait for that. Cannot wait for that. Well, anyway, that was that. We went off topic a few times, including right now. Par for the course. Um, but that's Indrid Cold. Um, I'm telling that's you, That's Indrid Cold. That's merch ideas. And that's also past life regressions. Yeah, that's so, also talking off DMT and coming down to yeah. laying on a yoga so mat. So merch idea, <laughs> Mothman going to a cute little flame. And then what would you say? Just that's Indrid Cold with like the picture of Indrid Cold. <laughs> that's <laughs> Horrible. It. Horrible. All right. Well. Um, well, I've got a lot to think about. Yeah, I need to hydrate. I drank too much wine while we were talking about this. And now I yeah. cough. I've been holding in a cough. It transcends all coughs. Like I can feel it in my heart. How thanks for being an adult about it. Yeah, Um, you can hear like my little like throughout the episode. (laughs) I've got the black (laughs) dog. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, I'm excited to see where the rest of this year takes us. Um, mm -hmm. Only good things, you know. Hopefully, on a metaphysical journey. Yeah, on a on a journey only related to what we've talked about on podcast yeah <laughs> uh, yeah no i'm saying like crazy i know i'm trying to have a past life regression you know yes same very same and it's not mental illness it's not it's the men in black <sighs> probably all right well, well guess what hail satan Hail John Kill.
and farmers whose lives are ruined by aliens. That's a true one. Pour one out.